With that being said, here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets that thing called life, we were just joined inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios with my guy Aaron Service. Aaron Service played center, left tackle, and right tackle for the Syracuse Orange and is now moving forward with an opportunity after a bonus season to uh, head it forward to the NFL. So very excited for him and all of the gentlemen that will be stepping forward. And stepping forward here on the show today is Coach Will Hicks. Uh, Hicksie has been a part of Syracuse for a long time and a fantastic motivator, strength and conditioning guru, in my opinion, and somebody who's had a lot of connections to the NFL and continues to do so to speak on the players that are moving forward. Aaron Service, McKinley Williams, a.k.a. Bear, Kingsley Jonathan, Cody Roscoe, as well as Josh Black and Abdul Adams. And to also take a look at the Orange and Blue game and bringing back two key quarterbacks in Don McPherson and Eric Dungy to come see the crowd again. So a lot of great stuff going on for the current Director of Development at, at SU, Mr. Will Hicks. So let's bring him into the broadcast. Hicksie, how are we doing today? Doing great. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm glad to be with you. It's always a pleasure when I get to be on your show. Now, and, and I appreciate it, Coach. And you know what? And I don't know if I've said this to you, but what I love, I mean, I appreciate the, the person that you are and the man that you are, and I love our relationship. And I also feel like even though I was born in Syracuse, New York, a part of me was born in the South. So when I hear your accent, it just it it get, it does something for me because I feel like what I eat and how I act sometimes and some of the music I listen to that I was born in the South. And you bring me back to the South when I get to hear the voice. Well, since I've been here since 2000, I've lost most of my accent. Now I sound like I'm from a uh, southern part of Manhattan. <laughs> so fair, fair enough. Coach Hicks here with us today. And, and Coach, I want to go right to the uh, orange and blue game. I mean, obviously, uh, last year for Syracuse, uh, the Dome reopened. Fans were able to come in. But we, you know, we didn't get to experience it the same way. Uh, this time around for the spring to have the orange and blue game be what it is and to have the excitement that we got to have around it. Just what your takeaways were from the festivities of the orange and blue game and really getting to see a true pads-on scrimmage between a bunch of different players on Syracuse's team that are obviously trying to figure out the roster. Oh, no, it was really, really exciting. And like I said, there was a lot of stuff going on around it. Uh, Syracuse Football Club did an outstanding job in biting back a lot of alumni. Um, we used two suites, uh, the, the Chancellor Suite and, and uh, John Wildhack Suite to host them. You know, we had food and beverage. Uh, we brought back through the help of Galaxy Communication. We had Dan Connolly, James Mungro, Eric Dungy, and Don McPherson were there early and were doing autographs for the fans and pictures with kids. Um, it was just a you know a great outpouring of alumni coming back to see it. Uh, Coach Babers and his staff extended an unbelievable uh, welcome. And the next morning we had kind of an alumni brunch over in football with Coach Babers and um, some of his key staff members, Dion Maddox, who was actually in Coach Pasqualini's first recruiting class here, is um, our like director of you know player engagement and development, and you know he he's been behind all that. And uh, Coach Babers is doing a really really nice job with trying to get alumni back involved. Um, you know, wanting information on athletes, wanting information on people in their area. Uh, football players know other football players, and it, it, it's hard to see them all over the country. But we have an alumni somewhere 
that gets the information on a on a high school kid to myself or Dion, uh, Coach Babers has said we're we're going to take a look at it and get an information and get an answer back to you. So that's really really positive and really exciting. Yeah, you know, and and Coach, you know, speaking here with Will Hicks on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. One of the things I've wanted to see for a long time is local engagement engagement in the community, engagement with the student-athletes, and if and when there is a player of, of you know, that D1 caliber status, that that Dino is the first person there, or, or at least in the group of coaches that go there. So you just mentioned it a little bit. Uh, what you can say about maybe the evolution of that and, and maybe Dino and, and the staff's willingness to look at student-athletes in the state of New York. Well, you know, and, and, and not just New York, because we have alumni everywhere. We're really hitting, you know, New, the New Jersey area hard now. Uh, Dion Maddox has been outstanding because of his, you know, his knowledge of, of a lot of the former players. Uh, like I say, Coach Vapor's being very, very open and willing um, to listen to recommendations. It doesn't always mean they're going to like the player, because whether they fit our system or not, we understand that former players know players and uh, they respect that and they're going to give them a look. Uh, John Wildhack actually is very instrumental in wanting our alumni back engaged, supportive, and involved. And we're, you know, to the point that they let us know about people. Um, and, and even just if a kid from a certain area, you may know a little bit about the kid that can help us in the process. You know, you might have have somebody go to church with his parents or uh, coach him in the Little League. Any little tidbit helps us in the um, relationships and helps us down the road in recruiting. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I love that. You know, I love that connection. Dion Maddox coming on to the staff to assist in that. What can you say about what Dion Maddox has done since his return to Syracuse? He's, he's brought, a, a, I think, a, kind of a sense of uh, uh, we got one of our own back. Um, in place, uh, Dion is a—he's uh, a first-class individual. Uh, you know how much time you've ever spent with him? Uh, you know he's a—he's truly a, uh, a representative of Syracuse University. Uh, he believes that S on his chest um, opened a lot of doors for him, and he believes that uh, it's one of his responsibilities to get our young student athletes uh, prepared not only for what we're going to talk about now with these guys that got a chance to play at the next level, but to take that special orange S out into the world and, you know, do, do some of the things they came here for, uh, to be better husbands, better fathers, better citizens, and to make a mark. And that's the one thing that Syracuse athletics is very good at. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, and that's the thing, like you said, to make sure that they're not only going out there and, excelling in football but excelling in life uh, more so than anything and being good people uh, coach you have had so many players come through and you as as a strength and conditioning guru as somebody who has so many connections to the NFL and everything that you've done at Syracuse I mean you've been able to meet and be around so many tremendous tremendous uh, student athletes is there one or two of them that is top of mind as to a story that you can tell that after Syracuse just really moved you? Um, I mean, there's a lot. Um, you know what? If you if you watch Good Morning America around the Super Bowl, you saw Darrell Smith and his, his uh, teaching people how to cook wings and meatballs for the Super Bowl. 
You know, Darrell came here, was a player, bounced around the league as a player, came back, was a graduate assistant, and finished the Newhouse program. Um, and now he's all over television and, and all as a, as a chef. He's got a meatball business and is doing great. But, you know, our success we've had, uh, you know, what Troy Noons has done, he works with Rob Conrad's company, and Troy Noons is a, you know, represents... 50 NFL type players in their wealth management deal. What, you know, what Joe Burton's done in commercial real estate. Um, it, it's just hard to, to even put a fat girl, one or two guys, you know, we got Sam Rogers, a long snapper who who's in politics and now is a, an assistant DA. Um, you know, I hate to even do this because I might forget somebody, um, you know, local that came back the other night. You talking about local, Todd Lisi, who played for us as an athletic director, you know, uh, around here now. Um, Mike Acchione's the head coach at Salbit. I mean, so we've had we got so many guys doing incredible things um, that we really realize that Syracuse opens a lot of doors athletically and um, academically and for the future because we we look for the right character individual. Syracuse is a uh, it's an unusual place. You know, I've been here since 2000. Everybody figured I'd head back back south at my first shot. Uh, but something about this community, uh, the way the school is, and the way the character of of Syracuse is. And it's not just the school. It's the, it's the area. Character means a lot here. And um, character has always meant a lot to me. You know, I was an undersized guy that made it. And um, because of effort and attitude and Syracuse is kind of that way. Effort and attitude takes you a long way. Yeah, you know, and and that's two great notes there, effort and attitude, right? How much you put in and, and how you actually view life and how you view yourself and, and view others and how you treat people. So uh, Coach Hicks here with us this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. And every time we talk, there's always a door opened, uh, many doors open to conversations I want to have with you. And I feel like you could do, you know, full-length featurettes on on uh, so many different players and so many different people that have, you know, affected your life and and done so, you know, done so many great things with their effort and their attitude. And you know, during the Orange and Blue game, we see the return of two guys who, to a lot of people, are on the Mount Rushmore of Syracuse quarterbacks. Them being Don McPherson and Eric Dungey. Having them back there, and I know you're on the field with them during the Orange and Blue game and whatnot, what did that do for you? And bring me into how we go about this. I know you mentioned Deion Maddox and the work that he does and whatnot, but bring me into what needed to happen to bring back Dungy, because I know he's been all over the country doing different things. And then, you know, obviously he's had a connection to Syracuse. Don McPherson's done a lot with Syracuse, but the importance of having them there for that game and, and just went, what went into it and, and why you wanted them there? Well, you know, uh, I dealt with our marketing people here on getting some, some former players back for autographs. And uh, really all it took was a phone call. I mean, you know, I talked to James Mungrove, you know, uh, who's great back here. You know, he caught one of the record time passes from Peyton Manning with the Colts. Um Dan Conley, bar an injury, might have been one of the greatest linebackers to ever play. Um, you know, and he's here local. Um, Don McPherson, you know, and now they uh, football would probably have, with stats, would have won the Heisman. You know, he finished second. Um, Eric Dungy just wins. 
And, you know, all it took to get them guys back was a phone call because uh, how much they believe in Syracuse, how much they believe in the program, how much they want to be around uh, the people. And it was evident on the sidelines, just people walking down to the stands, to the wall, hollering their name, wanting some attention or an autograph. And it, it never even phased them. They turned around and spoke to kids, took pictures, shook hands, signed autographs. They whatever they could do to help to help promote um, our fan engagement and the enjoyment of coming to a Syracuse event. For Eric Dungey, I mean, he's obviously not that far removed from his time with the Orange playing here. What can you say about him? I mean, we you have seen the tangibles and the intangibles. What what a player has to offer on the field, off the field. I believe that Eric Dungy can catch on somewhere. I believe that Eric Dungy has the talent to play, has the talent to lead, has the ability to be multiple and to do different things, whatever's asked of him. I have always been a fan of Dungy since Tim Lester told me about him when he was going out to see him in Oregon. What is it that you see in Eric Dungy, and how would you describe him? Well, you know, he... Uh... The other night, he's here. He's got some USFL opportunities when it cranks back up. Um, you know, such a quarterback-driven league. Uh, everything you said is correct. You know, I, I know he can win games. Um, the NFL is so hard with a quarterback on everything they ask him to do as far as accuracy of throwing and, and some other things. Um, you know, Dungy's one of those, though, given a chance, all he does is win the game. Uh, you know, it's, he's proven it. we we finally, by the end of his career here, we've got him settled down enough that he didn't uh, try doing, you know, somersaults over people mm-hmm. and um, so reckless that he would hurt himself every now and then. But um, he's just a winner. And, you know, he's a winner in, in everything. Uh, he's a great leader. Uh, you know, he's, he's a friend to everybody, and, and he's an outstanding football player. And, and he'll catch on. Um, and if it doesn't quite work out for him with football, uh, Whatever company or whatever business that Eric Dungy decides to go into, you better buy stock quick because it'll it'll do very very well. Yeah, you know, and and are you surprised? You know, when we look at the NFL and he had you know some time over with Cincinnati and then with Cleveland and different things. Are you surprised? And I know in the with with the return of the XFL, there was some opportunity there. Now the XFL is coming back. The USFL. Is, is re-emerging here in mid-April. And, you know, there's obviously the CFL, so there's a bunch of things. And then and then there's a fan, fan control football. So there's the FCF, the XFL, the USFL, the CFL. You know, there's a lot of things going on besides the NFL. When we look at the current environment and climate and evolution of football in America, do you feel like we'll eventually see Eric somewhere? Yes. You know... He's had some CFL opportunities, and he was kind of holding off with some other. Um, we'll see him. You know, the only the, the thing is, is it's such at, at that spot, at a quarterback. Um, I mean, we saw as good as Ryan Nassib was. Uh, I mean, a, a, a arm injury or Ryan Nassib would still be still be in the NFL just because of his smarts and his leadership ability and the different things he had. Um, but you know, it's. I, I tell guys every year there's 32 NFL teams, so that means there's 32 NFL quarterbacks and a backup, so there's 64. And some of these guys like Brady that have been playing 20 years, that cuts it down to 63. 
some of these guys that are perennial all pros and there's eight or ten of those that cuts it down to into fifties. There's just not that many spots. And, you know, there's hundreds of kids that play this game every year, but, um, you know, Eric Dungy will land somewhere. Um, and like I say, if, if it's not football, whatever it is, he's going to be outstanding because, you know, the kind of person he is, kind of character he is, and, and a Syracuse education. That coming here from Will Hicks on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. The other quarterback that we were talking about here inside the Cafe Kubal Studios, Don McPherson, just what he's meant to the university and, and what he meant to be there at the Orange and Blue game as well. Oh, class act. I mean, you know, that's the only one you can say about Don McPherson. And, and you know, he goes all over the country and speaks to different groups um, on his platform and, you know, um, respect and, and dignity and, and integrity and how to act. Um, but, you know, he's just he, – he is – he's a, a shining example of what a Syracuse athlete should be, can be, and what they can do with themselves past uh, – college because he is um, a gentleman uh, a scholar and represents the university in, in an unbelievable way for you coach Hicks as, as we talk about who has come through who is now coming through who is in the moment of stepping forward we have center right tackle left tackles played all three positions at Syracuse and also practice at the guard position so really has played all five positions with the orange Aaron service I want to start with him we just had him on the broadcast before you here this morning in a video special as he steps forward to the NFL draft and the NFL in general what is it about Aaron service that you like and what can you say you know with you knowing so many scouts knowing so many NFL teams knowing what they're looking for from all of your work you've done over the years with pro days and and, and whatnot and in the great sport of football, what can you say about Aaron Service and, and what you think of him? Well, you know, he's got he's got height and length, which is something you can't teach. Um, he's got good hands. He's got a very good, uh, quick first step. Um, you know, tremendously smart player where he's able to play all spots. Um, you know, him moving to center really proves uh, that he has feet and balance. Um, it, you know, he... At the end, uh, he get, he might get a little high at times to be a left tackle, but he has a future, and he, I think he'll latch on and play with someone just because you can't teach height. And his hand placement and his first-step quickness and his intelligence go a long, long way as an offensive line. And, and as far as on the defensive side of the ball, we have four linemen stepping forward. I want to start with Josh Black, who also had that bonus year from COVID and the NCAA granting an extra year. What do you like about Josh Black? We really didn't get to see too much of him as he is, you know, getting back to 100%, so we didn't get to see too much during pro day. What is it about Josh that you think NFL teams should know and and pro football in general should know? Oh, I think that the scouts already know with him. When you turn the tape on, the first thing you see is a high motor. Uh, You know, he's relentless. Uh, He's very explosive. Um, You know, he has a tremendous pad level. Um, he, he just makes plays everywhere. The only the only question is going to be the same one you hear about anybody that's under six three. You're going to worry about size and length because of you know the size and offensive linemen nowadays. But his leverage, um, his quickness, his explosiveness uh, are all the upside. I think he's got a tremendous upside uh, to him. He'll even be better than he is now. 
Um, you know, the only question is going to be because of his size, can can he be single blocked? Um, and you know, that's that's a big deal to the NFL if you can single block somebody. Um, that gives you one extra guy in a different spot to to work on a big time pass rusher or something. But I'm a big Josh Black fan just because of his motor, his high energy, and um and the fact that you know first time I ever met him he really didn't know much about me but he had done his homework and he went out of his way to uh, to introduce himself and and speak to me and every time I see him uh, the way he carries himself is a plus. I love hearing that, and obviously a lot of positivity. Two great gentlemen we just mentioned there. One of the guys that uh, I definitely would like to uh, get more conversation about is McKinley Williams, the only interior lineman that's coming out of Syracuse for this year's draft on the defensive side of the ball. What do you take away from McKinley, from Bear? You know, I talked to Cody about him. He said, listen, the dude looks the part right. He's big. You know, he's tall. He's got the size. He's got the weight and whatnot. What do you like about McKinley? Yeah, well, he's, he flashes tremendous lower body strength and power. You know, he's very, very tough to move. Um, for a big guy, he, he's very surprisingly quick laterally. Um, uh, I just think he needs to make more plays. You know, and he gets in a camp or he gets in, he just needs to make more plays. Right now, he's a, he's a gap occupier because he eats up space and he doesn't go anywhere. You don't bounce him around. You don't move him. Um and, and he really does show some, some good lateral quickness. But he's got to get him to make plays. Uh, and he's got every tool, um, I think. And, you know, he's, he's fun to watch just because he's so stout and strong inside. Um, he's got to, got to get a few more plays, which is hard for those guys. You know, sometimes they can play a great game and finish the game and not have a single tackle and, and, and might be to have their best game of their life because they occupy space and blocks and, and allow linebackers to make a lot of plays. Uh, but you still got to produce a few numbers. But, you know, I think he's got a, a, a chance and, and an upside just because exactly what you just said. You don't bounce him around. He's got all the tools. Yeah, you know, and then and my, uh, my dude, uh, Kingsley Jonathan as well, somebody who has obviously uh, him and Cody Roscoe, but I want to talk about them individually. But Kingsley Jonathan, uh, done some things with his body. Can You know, he's a defensive end, but also – looks, you know, in pro day, looked like he could be, you know, a guy who could play up as well and, and be a linebacker of sorts. What do you take away from Kingsley Jonathan? And do you think he's put himself in a place where maybe he could be multiple and be a hybrid to NFL teams out there? You know, I think he showed uh, that he can run and move on his pro day. Uh, you know, size is a question uh, to put his hand in the ground. But there is so many of those hybrids right now. You know, they rush on third down. They can drop. You know, if he can if he can produce on some special teams, um, you know, punt protection, kickoff return, uh, even possibly running down on, on kick coverage because he showed he has a has speed that we didn't think he had, I don't think, on pro day. He, he opened some eyes. Uh, again, he's very similar to, to Josh Black. He's very similar to, to Aaron and McKinley and even Cody. Um that they play hard and um you know that effort and attitude we spoke about earlier that's something that gets entrenched by culture it gets entrenched by older players passing it down and it gets entrenched by a a coaching staff that um doesn't accept anything outside of that and it's very evident in all these guys we talk about when you turn the tape on they got a motor 
and he enjoyed football. And um, th- those two things are hard to teach. Yeah, you know, and then we look over to Cody Roscoe, who I, you know, I was there at Pro Day and, and definitely appreciate Syracuse University for letting us be there in the, in the media and, and get to get to watch it, get to take it in, because I'm a student of the game. I just want to sit there and I'll, I'll watch him run drills all day long. So I would have sat there for six hours and watched. Cody definitely stood out to me. And I think, you know, coming off of it, I know what I saw, but then I'm looking at other you know, people saying things, writing things, and having conversations with people. And everybody was really thinking like, yeah, Cody Roscoe really showed out in this one. So what was your take on Cody? Sorry, go ahead. seemed like that, you know, everybody thought he was kind of a sleeper. Well, if he was a sleeper then, he, he must have woke up because he's not <laughs> a sleeper anymore. I mean, you know, he was he did a great job with the bench. Um, you know, 33 reps of which he wanted to do more. Yeah, He showed speed. Uh, again, he, he's got every intangible. He's got everything going for him. He's productive. You know, he had, what, eight and a half sacks or something this year. Um, you know, he was in the top, top echelon of the ACC in sacks. He, he's got all those going for him. It's just, it, can we overcome that, that size leverage issue that, you know, NFL scouts get caught up in numbers and, um, you know, there's always somebody that defies those numbers, but they like to tell you over the years that, the six one and the six seven don't work out together. Well, you know, Dwight Freeney was six one too. So uh and I spent a lot of time with, with, with Dwight and he proved a lot of people wrong just on explosiveness and strength and, and effort. So Yeah, you know, and you bring up a great point there where people want to look at size. You know, we're hearing about Kenny Pickett's hands aren't big enough and this, that and whatever. How much do you play into that, coach? You know, when you when you hear about I mean Everybody wants to know what was the 40 time? What's the size of this? Did they look the part? Are they tall enough? You know, we, we heard it about Mackie McPherson coming in to college and then three out of four years, there's a thousand yard back. So how much do you actually put into what you cannot control, which is the size of it all? Because you brought up Dwight Freeney. Yeah, well, you know, there's, and I've had these arguments for years, as long as I did scouts and, um, you know, they're going to show you the data that it only, you know, there's only a Sam Mills pops up every now and then as a short linebacker. There's only a, a Dwight Freeney that pops up every now and then uh, because of leverage. And, you know, Dwight was kind of strange. Even at, at less than six one height, he had the arm length of a six five six six player. Um, you know, they questioned Justin Pugh's arm length. And, you know, he's going into his 10th season at starter in the NFL uh, because he had great feet and balance. Now, he did get moved from tackle to guard because of arm length. But, so you know, there's some of those things that – and you have to admit that they're right on because they've seen enough of them, but they're not right 100% of the time. So, to me, that means there's a little crack in the cup, so you always have a chance. And normally guys like the guys we're talking about on this list They've been fighting that all their life. All they want is a chance. You know, Cody goes to McNeese State and then comes with us and makes an impact in the ACC. So, you know, if you get a chance, you take advantage of it, it works out to your best. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and that's and that's the thing. You named off a bunch of guys, like you said, Justin Pugh and Dwight Freeney and, and everything that, that these players have done and, and how they've caught out and how they found success. And so I agree with that 
wholeheartedly and, and definitely uh, Cody, you know, this show is called Wake Up Call and anybody that thought that Cody was a sleeper hopefully woke up. Final one. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, Abdul Adams, the only running back that we're going to see come out uh, this year from Syracuse. Your take on, on what Abdul has done and, and maybe what you saw from him. I, I got to see some drills of obviously him, obviously him him doing different things to show his footwork and his ability to cut quickly and to make quick decisions. And then I also got to see him out of the backfield catch some passes out there. What did you take away from Abdul? Well, you know, he, he's got great feet. Uh, he's, he can make that lateral jump cut. Uh, he do, does catch the ball well coming out of the backfield. Um, he's got tools, too. It's just get, putting him in the right situation with the right team um, that needs a complimentary back. Um, you know, and, and, and backs are so hard to come by right now. That it's not like they were years ago. They have short-lived careers, and they go through a lot of them real fast. So any running back that's got some skills – especially one that can catch the ball coming out of the backfield, always has an opportunity. And, you know, even if that opportunity doesn't work right there in July, it'll work in August, it'll work in September, it'll work in October, it might even work in November because, um, unfortunately, backs in the NFL don't last long like they used to. Yeah, you know, and that's a, that's a fantastic point, you know, that there's always that need for assistance and that need for help. Coach, I mean, from the Orange and Blue game to the alumni to speaking about the draft and whatnot, what keeps you energized and keeps you fueled? I mean, you're the director of development. You're working a lot with making sure that you're engaging former student athletes and bringing them back and keeping, you know, those that have come before connected to those that are here now and those that will be here. That's a huge part of what you do. But I know you have a passion for football and you always have an eye for it as well. So, what keeps you hungry? What keeps you excited on your day-to-day? Well, you know, uh, a lot of these things that we have going now, we're under this big campaign, um, you know, to working on the John A. Lally complex. Uh, they're going to start breaking ground in front of Manly sometime in the next couple weeks on um, some of the spaces. Uh, we're still in the fundraising part to get the others, to get all the approvals and all by September to start on upgrading the football facility. Uh, when that goes on, we're going to be upgrading a one-team lounge uh, with, you know, John Wildhack's vision and talking to a lot of former athletes and current athletes. We want some shared spaces where our athletes do a lot of things together, uh, making a big push to improve our sports medicine, nutrition, um, uh, mental counseling, um, and basically to give back to the student athletes that do so much to represent Syracuse university and, and to give joy to people that come to the games. I mean, if if you see the excitement that was around the the girls lacrosse game Saturday and, and how well they played and, you know, the excitement is up at our softball field. Um, Syracuse university offers some high quality, um, fan engagement, entertainment from the community, and at the same time does it with uh, maybe you should have one of our academic people on one of your shows one day because our our uh, academic success within athletics is, is unbelievable. And uh, anytime you interview our football players or basketball players, any, they'll tell you about uh, how hard it is and, and what they have to go through to keep up those standards. And we do a great job at it. So, it, you know, I think what kind of keeps me excited every day is uh, 
Uh, I stay young because of the young people that are around me. Um, the young people that are around me are, are class acts because the, the coaches within our university recruit the right type of kids. And, you know, John Wildhack, who's, who's our AD, and then Michael Paulus, who's director of the department I'm in now, um, their passion for sports and athletics. Uh, you know, when you mentioned the, the Paulus last name, you already know they got a passion for sports and athletics. So um, it, it keeps me young. Even though I'm getting old, don't tell anybody, but I'm really old. So, and, and coach, I mean, you you keep these connections too to the NFL. How important is is that for you? And will you always have that? I mean, you know, I, I'm a person where you build bridges, you don't you don't burn them, right? You build them, and then you just keep building more and more and more. You know, my whole thing is to to build a city where there's a bridge to everywhere. So you've built a lot of bridges. What can you say about? keeping those bridges? Well, you know, every, every year uh, I get a couple opportunities to, uh, to go into the, to the NFL and, and the scouting end. Um, and it's just not the right time for me right now. I feel like I got unfinished business at Syracuse. Um, I still got such good relationships and, and, and people here that I respect. And, um, you know, I got started in this development end and bringing in former athletes and, and getting them involved in these projects, and um, you know, I don't, I don't want to to uh, to see those not come to fruition. So uh, I keep the bridges open, uh, but right now I'm staying on, I'm staying on this side of the river until Syracuse gets done. What uh, what I think is getting ready to happen in the next few years is going to be very exciting. And and what is it? I know you, I know you talked about the upgrades and the facilities and the different things that are coming. But what do you think Syracuse is going to be successful in doing within the next couple of years? I think we're going to go back to being successful in in, in everything. Really, uh, our leadership's in place. We're getting the right kind of kids in place. Um, we just got to we got to enhance some facility projects uh, to stay caught up in the recruiting process. And um, you know that's the hard part right now is is um, when we're in the ACC, um, you know, keeping up with the Joneses is, is a big lift. Um, and, and that's mainly for recruiting. Once we can get the athletes here, they get it done and they produce and, and they do a good job. We just got to be able to get them here through uh, doing the right things to service them. That coming from Coach Hicks. Coach is always, like I said, every time we talk, I feel like, I have found one pebble in an ocean full of, of conversation pieces and different things. You are a wealth of knowledge. You bring a lot of wisdom to it. You bring a lot of care, concern, and feel to it. And, and you just always, you exude that passion and that positivity. And, you know, you make people like me who grew up here, born and raised in Syracuse, always feel excited and always feel like there's something to come. And, you know, people like you are a steal, and, and I hope Syracuse University understands how blessed they are that not only you came here, but that you've stayed here. And, you know, we, we've been spoiled in that respect. So I know there's a lot of things that I want to talk with you about and, and, and be around you about, but I just love the fact that because you're up here, I have had the opportunity to cross paths with you and build a bridge between the two of us. So I, I want to say, I just want to say, and I don't think it's enough, but I want to say thank you for everything that you've done and all the work that you've done because, you know, behind the scenes sometimes is a thankless job, but you care so much and, and arguably more than most. And, 
And I really can't thank you enough for that because without you, we definitely wouldn't have what we have with you. Well, I really appreciate that. And, and a lot of those things come right back at you. But the one thing I will say is that um, I think more people should really try to listen to how you go about your show because you always bring out uh, the positive and the character and what the athletes you have on your show uh, mean to the community. And that's evident by guys that aren't even living in this area that you make a phone call to and they get on your show and they come back. And I think normally the message is all the same. It's about the pride, the commitment, and the joy that Syracuse University brought them, and they're going to continue doing it. So maybe maybe we'll have us a long show one day. We'll get Michael Paulus on there and talk about all our upgrades and, and what we're doing and, and how things could work out for us. Yeah, you know, I'm always – Listen, Coach, when it comes to you, I'm always game. Former CBA quarterback, so we'll, we'll get him in default. Yeah, and, it's a, and, and Michael was there ahead of me, and Greg was behind me, and Chris was in my grade. So I know all about the Paulus family over at CBA. So, uh, they, you know, as always, I would definitely be open to that. But, Coach, like I said, I can't thank you enough. And, and as always, I appreciate you, you taking some time. So God bless to you and the family, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. All right, take care.